Welcome, welcome, welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hankins. Today, we're celebrating season three, episode 17. Now, we have a very, very special episode for you today. We have a takeover episode. So I'm here to just introduce the episode, you know, get it, get the foundation laid out. But it's going to be all thanks to these beautiful ladies, all of these uh, amazing people. They're going to give you some awesome information about some exciting things that are coming up. Um, I'm going to mute my video and my audio, so I'm not going to be talking a lot or at all, pretty much. But um, I would like to uh, introduce, you know, Miss Jean Berry of the UNA Student Counseling Services and Miss Nicole Powell of the UNA's Women's Center. I would ask that all of you guys please introduce yourselves and then um, go right into the episode, if you please. Sure. So Tyler, thank you for providing us the opportunity to highlight National Eating Disorders Awareness Week on today's Soda Pop podcast. So I'm Nicole, the coordinator of the Women's Center. And before Jen, Katie, Aftan, and Jojo introduce themselves, I want to take a minute to provide a bit of context for today's Soda Pop podcast. So the National Eating Disorders Association, referred to as NIDA, has designated the week of February 22nd as National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. So the goal of NIDA's National Eating Disorders Awareness Week is to raise awareness about eating disorders by educating the public and providing resources to those in need. We're hopeful that this podcast will serve to help to raise awareness at UNA about eating disorders, the most common being anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating. So during National Eating Disorders Awareness Week, February 22nd to 26th, UNA hosts Feel Good Naked Week, and it's a collaborative effort between UNA Student Counseling Services and the Center for Women's Studies. Feel Good Naked Week affords students and the larger UNA community the opportunity to participate in events that promote body positivity, challenge socially constructed ideal appearances, and encourage the embracing of all body types. Educational resources about eating disorders are provided, as are resources to those who are struggling with an eating disorder. Feel Good Naked Week events will occur in the GUC between 11 and 1 p.m. on February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And we hope that all UNA students will stop by. This year's Feel Good Naked Week theme is All Bodies Count. Jen, will you introduce yourself and then speak a little bit about this year's theme? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Jen Berry. I am one of the counselors in Student Counseling Services, and we are super excited about promoting All Bodies Count through Feel Good Naked Week at the university. Um, what's really cool about this, we've been working with, along with National Eating Disorder Awareness since 2009. And then around 2015, we started partnering with the Center for Women's Studies, and we're like, how do we just include like the idea that this body positivity and that all bodies really do count. And it really came from a place of knowing like logistically and, and stats that in a college population, 10% to 15% of all college students could have a diagnosable eating disorder. And that's really significant when you start to think maybe 800 to 1,000 students on this campus could meet that criteria. But even more, 40 to like 60 to 75% of college students say they're dissatisfied with the way they look, they're dissatisfied with how they feel about their bodies, um, and they just see that something's wrong with them, that their, their self-concept is just negative about their bodies. And so that kind of led into how do, we, how do we teach the story and mold the story that all bodies count? All bodies, all sizes, all colors, all shapes, every size, 
everybody counts. And so that's where it came in. So I had the opportunity to start reaching out to some amazing alum who are here with us today. And I'm going to let them share a little bit about themselves and why this is important to them and why they uh, agreed to participate with Nicole and I today. So um, Jojo, if you'll start and then Afton and then Katie follow after that, and then we'll kind of get into the meat of what we want to talk about today. Hello, it's one of those where I was like, I hope I'm not first. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm Javon Baker. Everyone calls me Jojo. Um, I am a UNA alumni class of 2016. Uh, I majored in mass communication, radio and television, interactive media. And since college, I moved to Birmingham and then back to Huntsville where I'm from. I have my own radio show at Alabama Annum University where I am a gospel host on every Sunday. Since the pandemic, I haven't been able to do that. So I'm very saddened, but before the pandemic, I did that every Sunday and I, I loved it because you know I majored in radio. So it was an honor to be able to do that and with my faith with gospel. Now I am a receptionist slash administrative assistant for Pediatrics of Providence, which is fun because I'm the only one at my job who has no kids working with children. So it's it's fun every day. Um, it just makes me realize how much I'd still, I do wanna be a mom. Um, I'm passionate about this and I'm honored to be a part of this panel because there is a stereotype that for African-American people, you don't have an eating disorder, but I was uh, privileged enough to participate at Miss UNA three years in a row while I was in college and I won Miss Congeniality three years in a row. And I wasn't, I wasn't plus size then, but I also wasn't very small. Um, and then even during college and after college, I binged eat a lot. And people don't know that that's an eating disorder is when you're stressed, when you're sad, when you're happy you eat, you overeat, or you don't eat at all, and then you eat one meal, and that's not healthy. So I'm passionate about this because all bodies count, whether you're small, whether you're big, whether you're in between, finding the right clothes to wear, being confident in whatever size, and I didn't get that until after college. Well, a little bit during college and after college, I was confident in my own body. So I just want us to share that message that you can be beautiful in all shapes and sizes. So I'm Jojo. Oh, and I have a YouTube channel called Jojo Talk. And you can go to YouTube or Google and Google Javon Baker or Jojo Talk and see some of the videos I did in college and some of the videos I've done since with the election and with voting registration and just different things, um, interviewing people in the community. That's my passion. And um, I'm just really excited to be here. So y'all go ahead. Am I next or who's next? Am I next? Oh, okay. And you're next. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So <laughs> nice to meet you, Jojo. Nice to meet everybody. Thank you for um, having me here. Um, my name is Afton. Um, I am also a UNA alumni. I am class of 2011 and I have a degree also in mass communications and it's radio, television and um, interactive media. Um, so as of now, I, um, after speaking with Jen, I will say that I, in college, I wasn't really obsessed with, um, like body image and body, like my weight and certain things. I, I will say it was brought to my attention, but I was, um, blessed enough to be raised in a home where like, 
my mom was a nurse. So like she always made sure like we would eat healthy, even though like there were many times we didn't. I mean, it's just living in America, like I'm still going to Chick-fil-A, but like I will, you know, I was just raised under the fact that everybody doesn't have the perfect body. There's no such thing as a perfect body. My mom raised me on the fact uh, you only get one body. So make sure it works. That's what makes your body perfect. Make sure it works. So I'm, I will say there were times in my life just as like a woman growing like oh you know I feel fat today or I may not look like someone else but it wasn't really um detrimental to me or more I I didn't become sensitive about it until I got pregnant um I currently now live in uh Nashville I am a um, client services manager so I work um for a company that handles um, basically websites for clients and their advertisements and things of that sort, uh, basically like digital ads and pro project management. And um, throughout working, um, I did lose my job with the pandemic, but I have another one, but I was actually pregnant during the pandemic. And I remember when I had my first child, my daughter, she's three now, Chase, I was like, oh, you know, I, I knew I was going to get big. Like I knew I was going to gain weight, but like I didn't recognize like I was really going to get big. And um, my first daughter was nine pounds. I weighed 203 pounds. And that's when I started getting the number thoughts. That's where I was like, oh, the doctor says eat for two. And it's like, oh, you know, but I'm bigger now, like I'm 200 pounds and 200 pounds as a, um, you know, having a first child is really not that much, but it is a lot when I used to be like 150 pounds, like, you know, it's that always number thought in your head or like when you go clothes shopping and at the time my husband and I, we had only been married for maybe four months and it's like, he knows that if he was to go pick me up something, he knows to get us medium, you know, or he knows that, you know, I used to wear like a size eight or, you know, he knew those things. And now he's like, I don't know what to get. You know, I don't want to do this. And it's just, I always became conscious of what that number was. And then when it became, and it wasn't just with pregnancy, it was even postpartum after pregnancy. Oh, I still have to eat because I'm nursing. And it's like, I don't want to eat to gain weight, but I had to trick my mind to eat so that I could nurse. And it was just like, oh, when is my body going to go back? And you know, I really had to understand the fact that, um, you know, women's body is made to change just like us people were created and were made to change. And so then when I had my second daughter, I, um, apologies. And when I had my second daughter, I, um, I thought again, especially during the pandemic, I was like, oh, okay, since we can't go to the doctor as much, I'll be okay. You know, we gained a little, you know, quarantine weight. We were okay with it. But then those feelings came back as my weight started gaining and I creeped into the 180s and I creeped into the 190s and then I creeped right back into 200. And this time I had a 10 pound baby. So I weighed 208 pounds. And it's like that number kept, you know, coming, coming towards me, you know, the eating the, you know, am I really hungry or is the baby making me hungry? And it's just those thoughts. And when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're like, you love your baby and you love your body, 
But, you know, now that I'm, you know, postpartum after having another baby, I'm like, oh, things are changing again. They don't feel the same like the first time. So it's just, I feel that it's our goal as women um, and even as African-American women to teach our daughters and to teach other younger women in college, or if you're not in college, if you're just 25, I'm 31 now, let me have a coffee with a 25 year old and say, enjoy your body now. Because when you get older, after you have a baby, you might not be able to hold it when you really have to use the bathroom or just like, you know, little things like that. And it's just like, we really have to enjoy our bodies when they are doing whatever they're supposed to be doing at that season, because there's going to be a new season and you have to embrace and you have to enjoy it and you have to um, embrace change, just like you have to embrace change in anything else. You need to embrace, embrace change for your body as well. Um, so that, that's my, um, that's my, uh, I guess my mindset about body changing. Um, I think it just needs to be talked about in everyday conversation so that it can, it can open up the comfort level of it without being um, judged or like feared. Oh, I had those thoughts. And it's like, if someone told me I had those same thoughts, I wouldn't think I'm crazy for having those thoughts. Um, so if there's anybody that, you know, has, are or is pregnant or you know worried about their body worried about oh I'm eating too much I don't want to eat you know um because I'm breastfeeding or you know I don't want to eat because I don't want to gain this weight and have to immediately run out and track my calories on my eye watch and it's just like get away from all that and just enjoy the body that God created for you sounds like a good leeway into your story <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of power in this room. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. Y'all are amazing. Amazing. Oh, thank you guys for sharing. Um, I love, I love hearing y'all stories and I resonate so much with what has already been said. Um, my name is Katie Terry. I am an alumni class of 2009 and oddly enough, also a communications major. <laughs> so that's a common theme we got going on. I was uh, PR and um, for me, my story with um, with eating disorder started when I was a young girl. I was involved in dance, and I clearly remember the first instance around eight years old being told that I was um, larger than other people in the room, and I never really noticed until somebody pointed it out. And it was, you know, that person. It was an innocent comment, but it festered and it grew over time. Uh, eventually to the point where I, I didn't, when I did come to UNA, I was still dancing. I was a lionette. And um, I don't know if it was just like the independence factor of, you know, being out on your own underneath your, you know, your parents roof for a while. Things were um, still happening in my high school years, but it really amplified once I came to UNA. Um, and honestly, to the point I was so out of control, I didn't even know it. And I was actually sitting in a health science class in, in my freshman year, and they were talking about eating disorders and our class discussion, and they're reading about anorexia, bulimia, bulimorexia, exercise addiction. And I never in my life had heard about those things. I had heard like anorexia, but um, if you look at the stigma of culture, I didn't really fit that mold. I wasn't like super thin. I wasn't, you know, starving myself all the time. I was just kind of I kind of joke around now, it's probably not a great joke, but I wasn't really good at any of them. I was addicted to all of it. So I just kind of did it all. 
But again, just like if you looked at me, I always presented like a healthy person. And so um, I think, you know, once I finally got to the point where I, you know, I realized I had a problem. Um, I let it sit for a while. I was like, Jojo, I participated in the Miss UNA pageant. Um, and it was after that point where I just hit my rock bottom. And I was very fortunate to have people in my life at that point who were um, trying to minister to me and share with me the truth of um, the gospel. And I never heard those things before. So I felt compelled to share with them what I was going through. And thankfully that person said like, I love you and I care about you, but I can't help you with this. Here are these resources. And they pointed me to Jen and the um, health services. And it was just a godsend a blessing to be able to have those um, resources at UNA. So I got involved in counseling and the group um, that Jen had going at that time. So um, it, it really helped me uh, during a really dark and difficult season. And it's just even preparing for this, if I would have, like at that point, you know, if you would have told me, you know, 15 years from now, you're able to, you're going to be able to talk about this and see the other side of it. I would have just laughed like no way, because it just felt so big and so um, controlling. You know, we said life without Ed, like Ed was like, Ed and me were like this, and I just couldn't picture life without him. And so, um, you know, during the recovery process, it was, it was really intense and a lot of hard work, but, um, I was so thankful. I had to walk away from some relationships and, um, from dance, even for a season, just to kind of get back into a healthy place. Um, I also, um, you know, just really dived into my relationship with the Lord at this point. And that was also just like, you know, life-changing for me just to see who I was and real my identity really was. It wasn't in um, what culture was preaching to me. So now I guess, you know, um, kind of similar to you, Afton, when I had my first pregnancy, I was a little bit concerned, like not really sure how it would fester. I was very open with um, my midwife, my care provider, and just sharing, you know, I have a history of this. I'm not really sure how it goes. Um, but for me, it was um, definitely a season of just seeing the beauty in um, my body and kind of like what you were saying after as far as like just seeing how it functions and how it, you know, what it can do. Um, so long story short, that's my career now. I, <laughs> I'm a birth worker. I'm a labor doula and a childbirth educator. So I help parents during the pregnancy time just with information and resources and kind of like I listen to culture my whole life that tell me that. I was supposed to look and do a certain thing. I help people in the birth world know that you don't have to look and birth a certain way. It's just whatever you want, whatever your priorities are. I support you and I support that. So um, it's really interesting to see it come full circle. Uh, So yeah, I still live in Florence. I'm actually right down the road from UNA and can hear the bells when they go off at 4.30. (laughs) Um, But we, um, I'm, I'm married and we have three boys now. So um, very thankful that there's more resources on campus. Like that's super exciting. I think it started right as I left. So that's wonderful. I'm really excited to be a part and a part of this conversation today. I think that's so cool. You're a doula. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I literally have like, how, like eight these stories sort of baby. connect. And that's, I knew it. I knew it would. So yeah. which also led me. Thank you. Um, right mm-hmm. into uh, the next thing that I wanted just to kind of throw out something that you all have been depending on when you left UNA, the things that we see now is a a generation of 24-7 societal connection because of social media. And so 
um, it affects us not only uh, how we perceive ourselves and how we think other people perceive us because now we're in a world of likes and hearts and how many you know people saw my post and liked my picture and um, so we have that societal thing so I want you guys to talk about that a little bit um, and then from a cultural standpoint how has it influenced you culturally um, how has it um, how has the your the influence of where you are in your life right now um, culturally and society from a society standpoint really affected how you see yourself and how you overcome some of the stigmatism that um, we have seen happen because of um, internal bias or external bias um, through social media. So uh, Jojo, if you want to start and we can just go kind of back around, we'll go from that perspective. Okay. Well, I am probably the biggest communication person who does not do social media. I'm very bad at it. Um, I do want to say, I think it's really cool. She's uh, nine, she's 11 and I'm 16. We all have such a like a four year thing from when we graduated. So our point of views are gonna be so great and so different. Anyway, um, I'm the youngest, I'm 26, no kids, but I don't do social media well because of the whole liking and the posting and the, I do it for my job, I do it for my business, but I can't get with the whole Instagram, which is just pretty much for pictures. I know it's changed a lot now. I was never good at Twitter, except my mentor told me I had to get a Twitter, so I got one. Um, I do Facebook for my church, but it's, it gives me anxiety if I'm being honest and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I'm not having a baby and I don't have the house to post and I don't have the bathing suit body to post. Um, I'm not before COVID, but like the traveling picture post, the on the beach, they, this whole thing with TikTok right now is the silhouette challenge of being positive on your body. I really like that. Just not good at it. So I would like to think that if there was a time to be more body positive, it's right now because that's all we're doing is social media because of a pandemic. That's what we have our phones for. We are constantly on that. So I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm all for it. I'm just saying we need to be pushing the, what is it? All bodies count instead of I open my phone and the first thing that pops in my head is what is she doing? you know, you're supposed to do squats today, or, you know, you're not supposed to eat that today or counting your calories. Like, um, Afton said, you're always taking a picture of what you're eating. And I just, I really hate that stereotype that I have to be something that I'm not. So I think the social media is a great and powerful tool. We just need to use it the right way. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, to piggyback on that, I think um, social media can be good and, of course, evil at the same time. I think that um, you, I think if we teach that social media is built, like, I think it needs to be taught that the algorithm is built to pull certain aspects of your um weaknesses out of your brain to, you know, is that's the algorithm is to get you excited, to make you feel nervous, like is, is built to create a, um, a reaction. Now, if that reaction is positive or negative, you know, that's the behinds of the beholder. But if you know that it's built to create a reaction, then you can kind of think ahead of your own reaction. I think that, um, 
and I just had to do this with myself, um, just within my late twenties, you know, bleeding into now that you have to be comfortable with who you are first, you know, and that comes from all angles that could come from parents, um, that can come from a mentor or like, unfortunately, like, you know, um, the story we just heard that could come from when someone points it out that you're the, you know, the biggest one, this, and then it's like, oh, you know, but if I feel like, or what I'm going to plan on doing with my daughters is that I want them to know who they are as far as what their body and where it came from, as far as Christ and, you know, how my husband and I, you know, how we think of our children's bodies and set that level and set that bar so that when they go out to the real world or when they have their phone in their hands and they're looking at certain things, um, you know, when parents are not around, they'll go back to what, what was I taught, you know, versus what I see and what I feel, what was I taught? Um, so that when those feelings come, because it is true, Jojo, like you might feel like, oh, I don't have anything to post because I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, you know? And it's like, if everybody just would not focus on what everybody else is doing, you could just be happy posting that you're just going to get coffee. You know, someone will be like, dang, I wish I could just go get coffee without like having to do so much. Um, I just think we just, as a society, need to know that the internet and um, social media is not um, the standard. It doesn't set a benchmark. It doesn't um, define who you are. I mean, I could have posted many of pictures when I was, you know, pregnant the second time and be like, oh, bundle of joy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then what is it going to do? It's going to make another mom who's pregnant happy. It's going to make a mom who it who just had a baby happy, but it's also going to make someone who lost a kid sad. It's going to make a newlywed, you know, oh, I wish I had a boy or a girl, you know, oh, I can't wait till I do that. It's going to make other people have many, many reactions. And it's just like, you're, I can't be in control of those reactions, but I can be in control of what I feel and you know what I know about my body. And I know for me, my body is going through this change. For someone else who's watching that timeline, it just might not be their season. They don't need to envy it. They don't have to feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. I'm not doing that right now. It's just not your season. It's, your season will come when, you know, the heaven of, you know, the timeline of the Lord tells that, that that's, you know, beyond anybody's control. So I just think that um, our society needs to recognize that social media is not a season competition. That It isn't, it, you know, <laughs> it's just... Um, showcasing what everybody is doing in their season at that particular time. And, and now everybody can just look at it. That's what it is. Like now I'm in a season where I'm not pregnant, but I can look at other people and be like, Oh yay, Congratulations. Cause that's their season. I I'm just in a season where I'm resting. <laughs> well, I'm not, I have a, I have an eight week. Old. <laughs> but Katie, you know, before you kind of address the, cultural societal thing. I, uh, I was, JoJo, you were talking when we were on the phone about the, the some of the difficulties you had when you were in the pageant. Um, again, you said it, it was sort of, it was primarily Caucasian girls who were 
in the pageant at the time. Talk about that part of that cultural piece for you as well. It was, it was uncomfortable. It's like when you're a kid, Kate talked about when she was a kid, I um, mean, you're in the locker room and you get undressed for the first time and someone has breasts and you don't. Um, like Afton said, you can only control what you can control, but I've always been busty my since I was like um, 13 years old. So going into the pageants, I had to kind of, it took three people to get me into my dress. And that wasn't because the dress was small. It was just, it, my body type is different. I'm, I was smaller at the bottom, but bigger at the top. And everywhere I looked, they had the curls, they had the swimsuit with the, y'all know the bikini style, Katie, you remember, it comes up real high. I can't do that because if I come up high, I got some rolls on the side, it's going to get stuck. It ain't going to work. Um, so it was an uncomfortable situation that I was in, but it also, growth only happens when you're uncomfortable. So I put myself in those situations, not out of punishment or to stress myself, but to challenge myself to be in an uncomfortable situation with my body to learn that my body is beautiful. And those girls, they did not make me feel bad about it. I, I praised the Miss UNA program because I felt confident, confident going out on them stages in those heels with all those lights. They always told us to say, if someone judges you on that, make them get up on stage and do it themselves. And that's how I felt. Um, thank you for asking the question, but it was challenging but it was hard work pays off. And now I think I'm a better person because I can, my bathroom here at my apartment, there's mirrors everywhere, everywhere in my bathroom. I could have never did that a couple of years ago. My coworker other day said, Javon, how do you deal with all those mirrors? I said, cause I'm, I'm big and beautiful. And I like that about myself. I know I could be better. I know I could be healthier. But when I get undressed, I look in the mirror all 360 degrees and I'm okay with that. And Miss UNA, it taught me that a little bit. Okay. Katie, go ahead and address, I was thinking about, and you had this conversation before, about the ideal appearance. Um, and just a little side note, we all heard her talk about life without Ed. It's our short version of an eating disorder. Eating disorder. Kind of throw it down sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, talk about this, how culturally and societal pushes, our society pushes us to have this kind of unknown ideal. Yes, I, I believe there is probably a different ideal for me when I was going through it. Like even, um, you know, growing up without a phone, without technology, it still was there, you know? So the fact that we have this now for younger people is um, we got to tread on it lightly. So um, I do feel like, you know, there was a standard, at least with my experience because of growing up in dance, like there was kind of like the bean pole is kind of what we needed to get fast turns and to get high in the air. So um, that kind of figure was um, prevalent for me. So that's what I try to achieve. Now, I, I think it's probably different in different groups and different cultures and wherever you are. And we learn that just if you look outside of just the American culture, like like a, a bean pole type appearance would be like, why is she poor? You know, like if she doesn't have enough food to eat, like it's not the same. And so just learning that, like kind of getting out of outside of my like cultural bubble helped help me see that. And I remember even watching the documentary in College America, The Beautiful, I think it was called, but, you know, just kind of exposing, you know, magazines were kind of, I guess, the main thing that we had. And so just when you're looking at those, just realizing how much they're Photoshopped and all those ads are adjusted. Um, and it's the same now, like as Afton was saying with social media, you're always putting out the best first version of yourself. 
Um, so for me, like in college, like that's when Facebook came out. So I think my social media approach is kind of different. Just be- in college? Yeah. I'm a baby. You had to have a college address. <laughs> you had it. to have it. It was like LinkedIn, yep. you know, it was like LinkedIn and you <laughs> had to, that's how we were taught. I mean, I remember sitting in my like PR classes and it's like, this is basically your resume on the internet. So use it wisely. And I still kind of function that way. Um, yes, I put pictures of my family, my kids, because most of my family doesn't live here. So that's the way we stay connected. But, you know, I think if um, if we got to just kind of be careful for the younger people that are getting straight into like a, a smartphone and all that. But yeah, I, to answer your question specifically, Jen, I just feel like, you know, we are what's around us. And unless we're um, told those great messages like Afton's mom, we're going to just soak in what's accessible. So, hey, Nicole, we were talking earlier, uh, just kind of getting ready for this. I want to kind of connect it. Why all bodies count? If we don't start putting that message out now, and not just in our universities, but in our younger generation and this generation behind us, it doesn't stop. Um, we represent a different generation than you guys, and we didn't have the social media that, that you guys have. But it continues to, to in our lives, even even as um, older adult women um, and men, that that there's always going to be something wrong, and there's always going to be an unknown ideal look or appearance. And so, I didn't know Nicole if you wanted to kind of throw in a little bit about that as well. Sure. I mean, I think that as all of you have have already spoken to, there is this sort of undercurrent, unfortunately, in society and in various cultures that promotes different ideals, right? And they're artificially constructed. Um, And if you don't have the tools and resources to be able to understand that you know, Katie, as you were talking about that, these magazines that you're looking at, these women are airbrushed, right? They, I mean, they're, they're slimming down thighs, you know, it, and I mean, and they're already beautiful just the way they are. But if you don't have that awareness, right, and you aren't able to recognize those things, you're trying to achieve an ideal that, um, a constructed ideal that is in fact unattainable, right? And so no matter what you do, you still aren't going to be able to achieve this. And the ways in which I think young women and men are trying to achieve these, you know, artificially, you know, socially, culturally constructed ideals is, it can be very unhealthy. And so, you know, Jen, I think that, you know, the the collaboration between the Women's Center and the Student Counseling Center really kind of grew out of this understanding that we want students, especially college-age students to, to appreciate the bodies that they have. And, and Afton, I, I love, you know, your mom saying that, you know, you, you get your, you get one body, enjoy it. Right. Um, and there's no such thing as a perfect body. Right. And I think being able to sort of share that with students here at UNA and also, you know, through feel good naked week, promote body positivity, all bodies, all bodies are beautiful and provide students with resources that, educate them. You know, Katie, you had mentioned that you didn't, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you didn't even know that there was a significant issue, you know, that you were sort of struggling with. So providing, you know, the athletes here on campus, right, who who struggle, the dancers, um, 
and, and and all students, right? Providing them with those resources to just sort of raise awareness about the fact that this is an, an issue that many students struggle with and there are resources available here at UNA to help you overcome some of these, these challenges and struggles because we want, we want students to be healthy and safe. Yeah, so before we kind of close it all up and um, I wanna share a couple of ways that, that students can do that um, here at the end. Is there anything that you guys um, would like to kind of quickly leave a thought with the students. All students are going to be um, getting an opportunity to listen to this, and um, there may be a anybody um, in, as Nicole talked about, in all of our areas, whether it's athletic or our LGBTQ plus, or um, in in our um, in our national population and our marginalized. I mean, y'all, it, it affects. There's not when it says 10% of the population, it doesn't say 10% of all white people have eating disorders or all women have eating disorders. It is across the board and it doesn't matter if they're rich or poor or where we come from or don't come from, it affects everybody, male, female, plus all the above, genders and sexuality. So I really want to talk about that opportunity. So is there any little kind of, before we wrap it up, is there anything that you guys want to just say, hey, this is sort of the the thing I want you guys to know, Katie, you can start and then we'll go to um, Afton and then down to Jojo, or that's where I see y'all. So. <laughs> yeah, the first, I mean, what comes to my mind is that if you're hearing this and you feel like, wow, I really relate to these people, I really am struggling in this way. I didn't even know I was struggling and I'm struggling. There's no time better than the present to talk to somebody. And the fact that these resources are available within your tuition, like there's, you have more free time now than you will have in your entire life to do this hard work. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get better. It doesn't become something that's going to go away. It's going to be with you. And so I just, I really hope that you hear the love for, you know, the people that are employees of this university who want um, you to know that they're there for you and to go to them because um, it will it'll change your life and it will help you wherever you go after UNA. Um, I think that's, that's really good. Um, and I agree 100%. If you are a new student of a current student or alumni that's back on campus for, you know, any means of life, just know that you are in a safe place. Um, I think if you know you're in a safe place, then you'll be able to feel comfortable, you know, reaching out, telling someone so that you can use the resources because that's right, this time of your life, this is the most time you're ever gonna have. Life is gonna go by so fast after it and you're going to be able to experience it in a different way once you've tackled this. So use that moment in life, that season in life to tackle this in a safe place with people who care. And they will care throughout your journey when you're working on yourself or throughout your journey when you're gone and you maybe need to come back or you know you maybe need um, some reassurance about some things. UNA will always be a safe place. That's one thing my husband and I always say is like, we can't wait to take our kids to UNA so they can see it because 
um, it really is a good, not only good education wise, but great in reputation and great in longevity, um, no matter where you go. And I've lived in Atlanta, I've lived in Nashville, I've traveled, you know, internationally and just a lot in US. And a lot of people are like, oh, I remember that one person from Florence, or I've been around that area or something. And I think they remember that because they felt safe. They felt safe. It felt like home. So if you're a student, you're anybody that you have, um, you know, these issues right now, go to someone, use these resources because you're in a safe place. Just reach out and talk. I also agree with both everything both of them have said. A safe place. That's what stood out most mm -hmm. to me. What Afton was saying was that my memory of UNA is that I was safe. I was safe on campus. I was safe off campus as long as I was doing safe things. I was <laughs> safe. And I want to thank Miss Jen and Miss Nicole for um, inviting us and giving this platform and thank uh, the Soda Pop because we need to share this message. I also love the title, Feel Good Naked Week. Like, it just makes does something to me. It makes me smile. And I was looking up the lyrics to a song because music touches the soul. And there's a song called Naked by LMA. And the first part is take away the big shirt, the tattoos, the sweatpants and vans. I don't know. Don't wear no makeup, no purse in my hand. Love me naked. Um, I just want someone to love me naked. And that's in all aspect of our lives. It's our body. It's our spirit. It's our mind. There's a baby. Um, you just want someone, and I think UNA does that. Like y'all said, other campuses, we need to push that in our lives that be yourself. You only get one body, like she says, be confident. Confidence is sexy. When you walk in a room, um, whether you're the biggest, the smallest, black, white, male, female, or in between, love yourself and be happy. Um, students who are watching this, you're at the prime of your life. I would go back to being a student yesterday, a student on campus, a student off campus, because that moment in our lives, there's some type of um, impulse or something that generates, that gives you life. And after college, life happens and it happens hard. So I want people watching this to take advantage of the opportunities you have. And then if you're watching this and you're not a student and you're thinking about going to college, but you're like looking at the stereotypes, call somebody, FaceTime somebody, use the resources. They're not just for students. There are people in the community, you have a friend, pick up the phone and call them because it's too much, life is too short. COVID has taught us that. And people are leaving this world left and right at a young age, at an old age, and in between. So pick up the phone, call somebody, and be loved naked. All right, girls, thank you so much. Okay, so um, if you are a student, and uh, you're concerned about someone, or you're hearing some of this, these uh, fabulous stories, and you realize that some of these things that you've heard today uh, may be you talking um, very similarly to you, all you have to do is give us a call at Student Counseling Services, 256-765-5215. Um, we're on the quick links on the main page of the UNA website. So we're really easy to find. We have a great um, counseling website with all kinds of information. But the main thing is just call somebody, schedule a time to have a conversation. We have licensed professional counselors. As Katie mentioned, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's confidential. No one even has to know that you're even in the Zoom room with us because we're Zooming right now. 
Um, but no one has to know, just the, just you and the counselor. If you're just worried about somebody and you're not sure, again, check out our resources um, online, but also call and ask questions. That's what we're here for. You may not have a full-blown diagnosable eating disorder. That's okay. Um, but if you do, we can help you get to uh, resources that can help get you where you need to be and make sure you're being taken care of. It may just be, hey, I'm just not okay with my body or, hey, you know, I'm just so strict with everything I do and I have to I have all these rules and, and, and I just can't enjoy life because I can't get out of my rules about the way I'm supposed to looking and, and how I'm supposed to eat and where, where I'm supposed to exercise and all these kinds of things. So just call us um, and we'll be here to help answer those questions for you. Um, at any time. And during the week of Feel Good Naked Week, again, the 22nd through the 28th, during that week, we will be providing confidential screenings, not only here in Student Counseling Services, but also in the Center for Women's Studies. So we're going to have this um, at different times throughout that week, and you'll be getting more information through social media sites. So I'm going to let you close up, Nicole, with kind of reminding like how to follow us on social media and what to look forward to. Um, Jen, I don't even know what, and, and I post, I'm the poster to social media. <laughs> well, okay. So it's really, you know, they can just follow, like, they can just find us on uh, Instagram and on uh, Twitter and, you know, just, we're, we're going to be posting things about our activities during the week. As you mentioned, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that week, we'll be in the juicy 11 to one. Um, we're going to have some fun. We're going to beat up some scales. We're going to, going to make fun of some scales. We're going to put up major positive aff affirmations, um, selfies with positive affirmations, and we're just going to have fun and provide resources. And so follow Student Counseling Services, follow the Center for Women's Studies, and you'll be looking for us. They're really easy to find. Look for us, and you'll be able to find out some really good information between now and that our Feel Good Naked Week. Perfect. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Okay, uh, no problem at all. Um, so I don't know where Tyler is, but I think that, is there anybody else that has anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Ms. Jen, I just wanna add for the record, I took place in student counseling services all four years in college. So I can also attest to the binge eating and body problems, but I can say student counseling service saved me many nights, many days on campus. So they are, it's, it's bless you, bless, bless you. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you have so many like good relationships and friends and there's so much going on at UNA, you know, but it's hard to like, that's kind of what the group did for me. Like we had the eating disorder group. And so it was really fun, like having all these relationships, but it was like, they still didn't understand what I was going through, you know? So it was like being able to have the group counseling too, just like looking back how special that was to be able to just meet with people who are going through the same exact thing I was going through and we're all at different places. So we're encouraging each other and we're, you know, helping each other out. Like it, it's a great thing that you guys have going. Thank you. I just want to say thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you um, for having this platform for um, others to hear. Um, and nice to meet you, uh, Katie, and you too. It's just great to just meet other uh, UNA alumnas. But thank you so much for having me. And I'm your baby is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Look how sweet. Okay, what a wonderful, positive, awesome note to end on. I also 
uh, before we go, I know we're wrapping up, but I, uh, I want to say thank you to all of you as well, because uh, as a current student who's going here right now, and as someone who's also facing uh, body image issues uh, personally, I do appreciate all the work that you've been doing, and I do look forward to uh, I do look forward to all of the counseling sessions that I will be going to. And yes, the Instagram is right here. Follow them right here. Um, and, and yes, uh, but yeah, seriously, thank you guys so much for coming and sharing your stories. We all really appreciate it. Uh, I, like I said, I got uh, amazing motivation from this episode. And I know that whoever's listening, uh, there's plenty of people who's going through the same thing. And I'm so glad that we have this platform to let people know that they're not alone. And, um, and that yes, UNA is definitely a community and it feels like home and it's a safe place for everyone. And I, I'm so grateful that, you know, we, we all get to have that same shared experience. Tyler, what's, but, the, what's the Instagram, if you can say it on here? Y- yes, ma'am. It's a UNA student counseling services. UNA, I don't know if it's backwards, if you can see it backwards, but that's it right there. Thank you. Oh, right. yeah, no problemo. But yeah, yeah, please follow them. Uh, like you said, they're going to have like positive affirmation. They, I love, I, like I said, I'm going to be, there's nothing wrong with going to counseling. I don't want people to think that like, you no. know, there's like a stigma or like, they're like, you know, trying to get my words. I'm sorry, but, um, I don't want people to think that there's anything wrong with going to counseling. Going to counseling is perfectly normal. It's healthy and it's amazing. And it does amazing things for you. And it does amazing things to you. But, um, but yes, yes. Uh, thank you guys uh, again for coming. We really appreciate it. Um, also follow us on social media. Let us know if there's any episodes you'd like us to do. If you have any questions. Um, and yes, please have a wonderful day. And uh, and don't forget to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel of Soda Pop and also Miss JoJo's radio show. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Thanks, Tyler. Thank, thank you. We appreciate guys. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank ladies. You. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you, guys. Bye. Roll, roar, lions. Roar, lions. Roar, lions. <laughs> hey, guys. Make sure to check out all of our social medias. Feel free to send us your feedback at arts at una.edu or through the DMs of any of our social media. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you in the future. This podcast has been brought to you by UNA School of the Arts. Executive producer is Mark Gallegos, co-produced by Selena Fugate and Tyler Hankins. Special thanks to Dr. Terrence Brown and the entire SOTA staff.